Going, Going Linux episode 331, whole disk cloning on Linux. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. In today's episode, whole disk cloning on Linux. So, Bill, here we are again, recording another episode. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. And we have guests today, uh, two sleeping dogs over here snoring, so you might hear some background as they're off in dreamland. Mm, okay, well, maybe you can hold the microphone up to them a little bit and they can speak up or snore up or, put it, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll see if they even come through. Probably not. So how's your book doing? Uh, we've got a few sales and surprisingly the paperback version is equally popular to the ebook version i actually thought the ebook version would be a little more popular but uh yeah well, lots of paperback yeah well thank you for that um both versions are doing well and i'm really pleased that's for sure that's uh i think we've earned what like four dollars and fifty cents or something yeah whatever it so, is so it's not millions of copies yet uh not millions of copies no we maybe tens of copies 20s it's over <laughs> 20 copies so okay I'm, so, I'm, not, I'm not disappointed with that that's great thank you for, to everyone who has purchased it and if you listen to this uh podcast great if you don't you won't hear this but thank you anyway <laughs> Well, that's that's one way to cover all the bases. Okay. Yeah. We've plugged the book. Uh, by the way, uh, I am so glad I'm not in Florida right now. Those poor guys down there are getting hammered. Yes, yes. It's, this is September 10th. We are recording this episode, and yes. it's about ready to hit the mainland of Florida, and this is Hurricane Irma, I think is the name. Yeah, Irma. We're talking about, and there's another one hot on its heels. Hopefully it doesn't hit uh the same location because that would be absolutely devastating yeah so we our thoughts are with you guys absolutely <laughs> that thing's huge and really i have some friends in florida and i'm really concerned about them i hope they fled yeah yeah so anyway we want you guys to be safe down there yeah. so moving on from the current events in episode 307 we talked about today's backup strategies these are great for making sure that you don't lose any of your data like I've done a lot. <laughs> but sometimes you just want to make an exact clone of your whole hard drive. And that uh, is kind of a handy thing to have. One goes down, pop another one in, and you're good to go. Yep, absolutely. And thanks to listener Ken for suggesting this among other topics. Uh, and Certainly having a recent copy of your entire disk drive is a great way to get a backup. 
uh, and also to get your computer back up and running if something completely disastrous happens to your computer. Uh, removing the bad drive, replacing it with the cloned backup, restoring any more recently created or edited files from your file-based backups, and you're back in business. You know, that's great if you have a removable hard drive. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But if you have one of the newer computers with solid-state storage on a circuit board, you might not be able to easily swap drives. In that case we'll need our backup software to be able to restore the whole disk image to the original SSD. Right. And there are a number of programs out there that give you that ability uh, to make a perfect clone, bit-for-bit -bit clone of your hard drive and then restore it back to that same hard drive or a different one. Uh, and... Oftentimes, you can just, uh, if you've got a removable drive, just make a copy. If the drive is the same size, just make a backup copy over to the second drive. And because it's bit-for-bit -bit copy, you can just swap it in and out with the original drive. And it will work as though it were the original drive. So it's really a handy way to make a safe backup that gets you up and running quickly. Uh, we're going to talk about four programs in a little bit of depth. Uh, the f the f There's a fifth one that people may have heard of, especially if you come from the Windows world. Um, in Windows, for a long, long time, there was a program called Ghost that did just this. It was something that was provided by the Symantec company for a while, and I think there was another company that had it before Symantec bought them. Anyway, um, Ghost does a bit for bit copy of just about anything, but it was or is, I don't even know if it's still around, uh, not open source. It was proprietary. There was a version developed back in the early 2000s for Linux called Ghost for Linux. And then they changed the name to G4L, the letter G, the number four, and the letter L. I haven't used it maybe once, um, but... It was a bit funky when I used it, if I recall correctly, uh, and didn't really meet my needs. I see that it's still being maintained. We'll have a link in the show notes to G4L. But of the applications that we're talking about here, it's not in the repositories, at least for Ubuntu Mate and for, uh, I would expect, Ubuntu or any of the Debian derivatives. So that make leads me to believe that perhaps it may not be as either well maintained or as good as some of these others. I could be completely wrong because as I said I haven't used it. Have you, Bill, used G4L? I haven't used G4L, but I used the original Ghost in Windows. Yeah, yeah, so have I. And it worked yeah. quite well. Yeah, it did. It was uh, almost like the go-to for the longest time and Oh yeah. Uh, it actually uh, I actually used it to clone a whole drive and it worked really, really well, but I have not tried it uh, since it's you know been renamed G4L uh, on um, on Linux. Of course, my uh, data retention policies are questionable, so mm -hmm. <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. I uh, I like the nuke and pave, but um, now that you mention it, I should really be a little bit better than I am about actually having a 
a whole cloned drive. It might have made my Linux adventures a little more easier to work around. Yeah. But hindsight's twenty twenty, and uh, apparently I have three thousand, you know, slash three thousand vision during normal times. So, oh well, I can't see the forest of the trees, as they say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we're going to talk about the remaining four in, as I said, in a little bit more detail and the information that we're going to provide here comes from a recent article by Christian Colley on the make use of website. We'll have a link to his article as well uh, on these four software applications. And rather than reinvent the wheel, we'll review those four applications as they appear in that article. We'll add our comments and give you our opinions because we believe that these are probably the four, if not most popular, certainly the four most familiar to folks in Linux and ones that I think I will be testing out because I have used only really one of these in any depth and that's Clonezilla. We've done uh, episodes on Clonezilla. I have an article on our website on Clonezilla, and it's really probably the most popular. So let's uh, let's dig in now to the four. Let's start with number one from the article. Number one is DD. It is the native Linux cloning tool, and I've not had any experience with it, so I'm going to rely pretty heavily on what was written. Uh, I do know it is command line only, isn't it, Larry? Yeah, it's command line, and I've used it a little bit for creating bootable USB sticks. Oh, okay. That that kind of thing. Uh, it's it's a great tool for that. But as uh, Christian says in his article, you've got to be a little careful with DD. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, uh, I definitely don't want to touch it. But as uh, usual, it's probably the most powerful Linux tool of all of them that we'll be reviewing. Mm -hmm. DD sometimes referred to us as Disk Destroyer. <laughs> uh, can clone an entire hard drive or disk partition to another, but if misused, it can delete the contents of your disk. And that means Bill's not touching this one. Yeah. I can do that by myself. I don't need a program to help me. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, if, if if I take this one on, I'm going to try it on some other disks first, you know. Don't use it on the daily driver. Yeah. <laughs> And and what I might what I what I might do is is uh, create a script uh, to run it for backups. Uh, you know, test it out oh, on a that hard drive. Possibly go, go wrong. No, there. and and just check to make sure everything works. Write a script, and that way I'm sure I don't miss anything in the command. You know? Yeah. Okay. You should use this one with extreme care. Yeah. Warnings have been posted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimers are out of the way. Use this at your own risk and with extreme care. It sounds sort of like fragile eggs almost. Yeah, it, but um, it's very powerful. Yes, it's very powerful. That's the problem. <laughs> You'll find DD built into most Linux operating systems. If not, you can install it from the package manager to clone your computer's hard drive. Use the command. And I'm going to spell this out, but it's also in the show notes. It's DD. IF equal sign backslash dev backslash SDX OF equal sign backslash dev backslash SDY 
space BS equals 64K CONV equals NCERROR or error, uh, comma, sync. So if you didn't get it all, it's in the show notes. And uh, I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh, yeah. that's something I don't want to type because I'll, cause I'll mix up the two drives, you know, X and Y. <laughs> right. And I guess it would be like uh, the first one would be your source drive and the second one would be your target drive is that how is that the correct way yeah yeah so if your hard drive on your computer is sda and you've you're copying it to a usb uh, connected hard drive uh that shows up as sdd let's say so the command would be if equals slash dev slash sda and then of equals slash dev slash sd D. Uh, yeah, okay. so that's that's the way I read it, and take that again with a grain of caution. Uh, <laughs> and and then the, the BS is the bit size? Um, yeah, so block, size. block size, yeah. Block size. Yeah. Okay, and, that makes sense, 64K. Yeah. yeah, and according to the article, the default in this program is 512 bytes, uh-huh. which is really small, so you want to make sure that you make it 64 uh, K or larger, uh, and that will help with making the transfer of the backup um, a lot more quick. Okay, so just to kind of reiterate what we just said, here SDX is the source disk, while SDY is the destination, and the X or Y would be like SDA or XD, SDB, whatever the drives are caught on your system. Mm-hmm. And it, depending on how many uh, drives you have, you'll just need to make sure you have the one that corresponds to what you're trying to, to clone. And uh, 6.4 corresponds to the block size command. And the default, like we said, is 512 bytes, which is very small. So it's best to include a 64K or larger, like 128K, as a condition. However... While a larger block size makes transfers quicker, a smaller block size makes the transfer more reliable. So you kind of um, have to play with, you know, what is it, uh, speed versus reliability. Yep. Yeah, there's a balance. And so if you only want to clone a partition on your device, you can go ahead and use the 64K. As you see, the partition SD. A1, that is a that is a partition one on device SDA will be cloned to SDB1, a newly created partition on the device SDB. So the, in this instance, um, and it's all in the show notes, so you know, I'm not going to read that thing out because everybody's like, why does he do that? <laughs> um, you're telling you're telling just to clone a partition. So it's going to take that partition and basically the exact copy goes to the other hard drive. How long it takes will depend on the size of the disk or partition. Just make sure that the destination environment is large enough to store it. Hmm. Yeah. So you don't want to take a, you know, 120 gigabyte hard drive and copy it over to a 60 gigabyte backup drive. It's not going to work. That might cause problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what this, so what DD's doing is, is making a byte for byte copy 
and mm-hmm. putting it onto a new hard drive. Right. And you so, can do the whole drive or you can do just a partition if you want just to. Just a partition. Yeah. So it is very flexible and it's all command line. And if you look at the at the, the commands, it, it, you know, if you're careful, I you should be okay. Yeah. But if you're yeah. not comfortable with the command line, you might want to, you know, either take it very slowly or maybe just avoid this one until you get a little more confident. Right. Exactly. Okay, and let's see. Uh, part image is our next one, and it's a partition backup tool, of course. So if you're a little cautious with DD, uh, or you know you just prefer to not take the risk of <laughs> deleting things accidentally, part image is something that you might be able to use for most of the distributions because. It kind of protects you from the disk destroyer kind of thing that uh, DD gives you. Uh, One word of caution, though, is this partition image application is not going to be something you can use if you're using Ubuntu or Ubuntu Mate with its default EXT4 file system. Uh, And I anticipate any of the... Ubuntu derivatives are going to use ext4 file system by default, and maybe even um, maybe even Debian and most of the Debian distributions uh, as well, unless you know those distributions have changed the default as part of their installation. Uh, and the reason is, part image doesn't support ext4. It's that's it, weird. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of old. Uh, it does allow you to, as DD does, clone. Any sort of disk like uh, a Windows formatted disk, FAT32 or NTFS, um, although those are considered experimental uh, in part image, it, it will do them. And it will back up anything with uh, EXT3 or older uh, Linux file systems. So you won't be able to use it on the more modern ones. Um, and... Christian recommends that before starting, you ensure that the partition you want to clone is unmounted. So use the unmount command or right-click on the mounted drive and uh, choose unmount or disconnect or whatever your command says. Now, if you are cloning the main drive in the computer that you use, this means that you'll need to boot from some other device in order to clone that drive. So you might want to use a, a, a live CD or a live USB stick, or perhaps even just a, a bootable USB stick with part image on it. And there are some sticks that you can get, like Rescue USB sticks and things like that that have part image on them already. So you can take a look around for those kind of things. So those are the cautions there. Not EXT4, and you want to run it from some other device uh, if you're trying to clone the main drive on the computer that you normally use. So I think if you take those two things in mind, you can probably proceed. So if you need to install a part image, Uh, and it's not installed by default, at least on my Ubuntu Mate, Uh, you want to use a command like sudo apt-get install part image. It's in the Ubuntu repository, so you should be able to find it, and it'll be in most 
Linux distributions repositories. It's pretty easy to use. Uh, and although it is command line based, so it runs in a terminal, you can use your mouse with it uh, in the command line to click around and actually have it work according to what Christian says. I've never used it, so I'll take his word for it. Uh, you can, of course, use the command line, but, uh, uh, you know, you, you can use uh, function keys like F6 and F5 and use your cursor to tap around. But since it works with a mouse, why not? Yeah, okay. Well, for a more mature alternative, oh, well, that I'm... You shouldn't give me this one. The more mature version of this? Okay. Well, more um, mature in this case, I think, means a little more um, well-supported. This one, uh, this uh, one okay. supports EXT4, uh, right? Oh, okay. Well, then it is more mature. Then. Yeah. So what is <laughs> okay. this one? This one is called Part Clone. So uh, it's an alternative to DD that supports backups of the XT4 file system. Part Clone is simple to use. Yay. But again, requires text commands rather than a keyboard or mouse-driven interface. You can install it with sudo app git install part clone and launch with part clone and then a dot and then the file system you want to clone. So if you're cloning ext4, it would be part clone dot ext4 space and then the rest of the command. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you, these command lines. <laughs> I'm, sc- <laughs> I'm doing these things, man. I tell you, I can mess up a command line in a heartbeat. Um, the following command will create a disk image of HDA1 hard disk, hard disk drive one, partition one, called HDA1.image, or IMG, mm-hmm. and part clone ext3 dash c dash d dash dollar sign backslash dev backslash hda1 space <laughs> minus <laughs> or dash zero hda1 dot image and if you didn't catch all that there won't be a test but you can find it in the show notes yeah and i would very much <laughs> recommend you not try to follow along with what bill is reading off the screen <laughs> Just go to our show notes. In fact, click on the article from Christian. Yeah, yeah, just do that. I can see it now, the mail saying, I followed your exact uh, uh, reading of that, and you done messed up my hard drive. So, (laughs) okay, so disclaimer, don't listen to how I read it. Uh, You know, I'm mentally challenged as it is with with the command line. So you've been warned. And, and and you can uh, actually find more details on, on this usage at the uh, Park Clone website, and we would recommend you do that yeah. and not listen to me. Yeah, read about it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, read about <laughs> it. Don't take your don't take your data's life in in my hands. Would not be a very good thing. You might want to restore that image so you can use the. Uh, command that part clone uh, accepts and you can find details on that usage also on their part clone website which i highly recommend yeah and it's also in that that article from christian collie uh on uh make use of so either way you can uh check that out yeah yeah definitely check it out <laughs> yeah uh okay our last 
utility here for making clones of or images of your hard drive is something called Clonezilla. Very popular. Uh, and as described in the article, a popular disaster recovery solution. Uh, and all of these could be considered disaster recovery solutions. Uh, and Clonezilla is the one that both Bill and I have used in the past. It works extremely well. It is um, also command line driven uh, and is very reliable, but it takes a little bit to get your head wrapped around it, as do the others from reading about them. But let's continue on and describe it a little bit, and we'll have a link to our article on Clonezilla in the show notes. Uh, so if you want to read a little bit about how it works, you can do that there or uh, install Clonezilla from your repositories and try it out. So Clonezilla gives you a little bit more flexible solution than the others. It is based on part clone and it's suitable for a, a wide range of cloning disks. So one of the things that I was thinking is in trying these out, the ones that I would like to try that I haven't tried before are part clone and maybe uh, DD, a little risky there, but, uh, Clonezilla, now that I read that it's based on part clone, maybe I'll just stick with it because I know how to use it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it, it supports all of the file systems that you would expect across Linux and windows and Mac OS. Um, and unlike DD and part clone, it's, available as its own bootable ISO. So you can burn it to a DVD. It's a little big to fit on a CD. Um, but if, if you I've still... I've used it like that. Yeah, if you still have CDs. <laughs> um, or you can write it to a U <laughs> USB stick. And I've used it both ways, from a, from a DVD and from a USB stick. It's fairly straightforward to use. Uh, and it's keyboard-driven menus rather than menus that you can use with your uh, mouse, but it is menu-driven uh, in the terminal, so it's pretty easy for you to grasp what it is you're doing. Uh, you can, according to the article, use it in a professional capacity to quickly image multiple smaller PC setups with the same operating system. And this, this is the way I used to use uh, uh, Ghost, is when I was supporting... Yeah. Uh, multiple users setting up computers for them. I would have a generic hard drive image ghosted onto the new image uh, and then set that up for each individual user from there. Saved a lot of time, a lot of work. Uh, and Clonezilla is something you can use in a similar sort of way. So although you want to sync your basic information to the cloud or make file-based backups using the backup tool that comes with your distribution, having a complete image that you can quickly restore to your hard drive or you can swap out the disks makes it much easier and quicker to get back up and running in case you have a disaster with your hard drive or your hard drive fails or something like that. So using any of these utilities is a good way to accomplish that. And I think in terms of our recommendation bill from least complicated and easiest to understand to most risky uh, would be Clonezilla 
as number mm-hmm. one. Uh, and then part clone, because Clonezilla is based on it. And it, okay. the, the key there is with part clone, you're dealing with commands on the command line rather than menu-driven. Then maybe part image if you don't have ext4 file system and then dd yeah, if you really want to i wouldn't put that as number three be just because it almost everything uses the x the ext4 file system mm, now okay so i'd have to say uh just put dd uh as number three and part image is number four just for a fact you, you know unless you might not know it doesn't support it and then you're pretty much broke system because you're it doesn't work mm, yeah well you so. you wouldn't break your system you'd break your backup but if well, you funny. didn't if check you it need your after you back it up yeah exactly yeah. so anyway that's uh i i'm okay with that bill i i still okay. may, maybe we'll agree to disagree i still think maybe part image is number three <laughs> and with the caution well, that if you're using an ext4 file system you're not going to yeah. be able to use it now before we get off uh, this uh, this episode, I do want to point out that we are not using Skype this week. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and we didn't have hardly we didn't have any problems. Who knew it would work? Yes, no problems at all. It was smooth. It was great to be able to hear your voice nice and clear. No dropouts, no... Which is yeah, crazy. Yeah, no funky, uh, hey, we've got to restart Skype because it just forced us into an update. Thank you, Microsoft. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no, hey, we've got to restart Skype because I can hear you, but you can't hear me, and who knows why. Uh, <laughs> none of that. So uh, another interesting uh, fact about the program we're using, it uses Opus. Yeah. So it's open source. Yes, open source. And if you haven't been listening to the past couple of episodes, the utility that we're using is something called Discord. D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Can you describe Discord for our listeners who aren't familiar with it? Yeah, Discord um, is it's free. It's available for Windows, Mac, and Linux. Uh, I know it's available. I don't know. I haven't seen an RPM version, but I know it does have a deb because you installed the dev version on your machine. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you sign up for a free account. This sounds sort of like what how things work at Microsoft, only there's no real telephone interaction. It's more of a TeamSpeak type of service, um, but uh, you can uh, have private calls you can do texting so if larry wants to send uh, me some information uh you know some uh, you know a quick text to say hey moron you messed that that whole thing up again you know he can without having to say it um you can send files back and forth and uh so it's it's been working really really well most of the times um uh, it's used by guilds that play online games, uh-huh. and my guild uses it. That's how I come to find out about it. And after using it, I say, "Hey, Larry, <laughs> we should use this. Is better than Skype." Yep. So, um, we've been testing it on and off for a couple weeks, and it's just been rock solid. Uh, and I, I have no real complaints. It's pretty intuitive. So, if you were rating this. Um, 
this program uh, from one to five, five being the best to one. What would you give it, Larry? Five being the best, I would I would give it a five. Really? Uh, yeah, on a bad day, I'd give it a four point five. Um, <laughs> but no, this is this is great because it's open source. It works uh, to to critical aspects of using programs on Linux. And um, the, the the third thing is it's easy and simple to understand and get installed and just use because it it does what you need it to do. It's, it's very nicely organized and it works if you're familiar with any um, voice calling application, you'll understand Discord as soon as you as soon as you open up, you'll you'll understand how to use it. And they also have a uh, mobile versions that you can add to your Android or iPhone. Oh yeah, even even nicer. Yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, uh, handy, and so it's been working really well. Um, and we were both absolutely thrilled to actually give it a production test. And it hasn't let us down yet. Okay, I've now jinxed us, so we should get off this really quick. <laughs> no, I think it's <laughs> going to hang in there for us, yeah. uh, Bill. Uh, just a word of note. Um, I noticed on Ubuntu Mate that at least in the 17.04 release of Ubuntu Mate, it's in the distributions um, software repositories. And I first installed it from there, but I noticed there's a little bit of a hiccup in the user interface when it's sitting in the system tray oh. and you right click on it. System tray, I shouldn't use Windows terms. Uh, when, when it's sitting in the upper panel uh, and you right click on it, the context menu does not match whatever theme you've got. It kind of defaults to the default theme. Uh, now, if I go to the Discord website, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes, and download the deb package from there and install it, it works perfectly. So uh, there's something funky with the version that is in the 17.04 repositories yeah. for Ubuntu Mate, at least. I can't say anything for any other distribution because I haven't tried it on any others. But if you go to the website and download the package from there, you should be fine. And we'll, like I said, we'll have a link in the show awesome. notes to the website, discordapp.com. Cool. There you go. And thanks for that yeah. suggestion, Bill. And thanks. I, I don't remember which of our listeners also suggested that, uh, but uh, thanks to them as well, because uh, it's turned out to be really great. Well, my, I should actually uh, give a shout out to <laughs> my guild leader who actually said, hey, why aren't you using this? But uh, yeah, it uh, uh, it's worked out really well, so I'm pretty pleased with it. Yep. Our next episode will be listener feedback. Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast Google Plus community. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.